0: Allow me to add to the welcome of others. I don't know what everybody else does on Sunday morning, but all the singers are here. A, God, what a blessing the, the, the songs are on Sunday morning. And of course, music being so much a part of, of Christmas. I think I opened it upside down. But Christmas is not only a time of some of the most wonderful music of the year, but but Christmas is a time for some of the most wonderful stories of the year. Of course, immediately you come to mind Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Not only the story, but uh, all the movies that have been made from it, cartoons and Muppets, certainly one of the classic Christmas stories, A Christmas Carol. And for me, um, one of my favorite Christmas stories is uh, O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi. Uh, If you're not familiar with that one, I I encourage you to. It's readily available on the internet. Uh, Call me up. I'll read it to you. the Gift of the Magi by, by O. Henry. Little Drummer Boy. C- cute, cute little story. If you like cute little stories. But the Bible, the Bible has the best Christmas stories. And for my part, I think the, the Book of Ruth is one of the wonderful Christmas stories of the Bible. I call it Christmas. 1153 B.C. For the book of Ruth, we're told, is set in the times of the judges. And the book begins with a kind of like the Christmas carol starts with Marley was dead. Ruth tells us that there was famine in Bethlehem. It was hard times in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the, the name of the city meaning house of bread. And so it was that Bethlehem in, in Judah was, was the bread basket of that, that country, that region. It was where, where the wheat and the barley was grown and the bread was provided for, throughout the region. But there was famine in Bethlehem. And we're told that a, a farmer there in Bethlehem a man by the name of Elimelech, that he, he couldn't stand it, being in the famine in his hometown of Bethlehem. So he loads up the family SUV and they head north to Moab. He takes his wife, Naomi, and his two sons, Malon and Chilian, And there in Moab, Elimelech and his family didn't find the bounty that they had hoped for. They had left God's country. They had left the land of Yahweh, the promised land, and had gone into a a land of idolaters. And so it is that the book of Ruth begins with a a dark story and we wonder what's in it for us why should we read on but you know the book of Ruth just like all the rest of the Bible isn't about you the book of Ruth is about God the book of Ruth like every other bit of the Bible is that we would know the Lord our God. And as we read this wonderful love story, this wonderful Christmas story, we encounter the sovereignty over, of God. The sovereignty of God over the most mundane events of life. There's famine in Bethlehem. And God is there. The family goes up to Moab, the land of a people that God had specifically banned from the assembly of the Lord. They go to Moab and God is there. Elimelech's wife Naomi and her daughters-in-law in Moab stand beside the graves of their husbands and God is there. Back in Bethlehem there's a real estate closing and God is there. There's a marriage and God is there. A child is born and God is there where shall i go from your spirit or where shall i flee from your presence my god we could quit right there a good lesson there is nowhere to flee nowhere to hide nowhere to go where god is not with us But in Moab, Naomi hears that things are looking up. Things have gotten better back home in Bethlehem. And she has little prospects in Moab. Desolate in Moab. And Naomi heads back home. The two daughter-in-laws that she has acquired in Moab, one of them abandons her. But one of them, this daughter-in-law named Ruth, the Bible tells us that Ruth clings to her. Naomi insists that Ruth's prospects are so much better back in the land of the idolaters than it would be in the land of Yahweh. But Ruth, an alien, has a different heart. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death part me from you. you got to like Ruth. To me, she is the picture of innocence. She is the picture of faith. Picture of faith hope, and love, which somebody would write a whole chapter of the Bible about a few years later. And of the many faithful women in Scripture, Jacobed, Miriam, Hannah, Elizabeth, Mary, let us pray that we all might likewise be. Innocent of the world's ways. Faithful, hopeful, loving. For I think this is a large part of the story of Christmas 1153 BC. You gotta like Ruth. Naomi is a name that means in English, it's translated directly from the Hebrew into English, means pleasant. On the other hand, the name Mara, likewise translated from Hebrew into English, means bitter. While Naomi was in Moab, the land of the idolaters, it was Naomi's circumstances that mostly influenced her heart and her mind. It was what was going on around her, in her life, in the world. And this once pleasant lady now becomes bitter. And in her circumstances, in the course of her life, Her bitterness is directed toward God. God is to blame for all that has happened to her. She has lost everything. She has nothing. When she gets back to Bethlehem, she tells the ladies there, I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. We would pause here to remind ourselves that God's promises, God's word overrides all that is apparent in the predicaments of this world. God's faithfulness is not dependent Upon our faith. Amen. God's word is true. God's promises are sure. And we should never let temporal circumstances dictate the measure of our faith in the Lord for he is faithful." Naomi was blinded to the providence of God by the events of her life. However, she was right. God is sovereign. God is sovereign over all these events. And God is in all of these events because God's purposes God's plan, God's promises are always at work. And as God was about to demonstrate in Naomi's life his provision, his promises, his plan to bring about a redeemer for his people. The one who would turn Naomi's bitterness into joy when a child would be born in Bethlehem. In in Bethlehem, the joy of returning is the returning of joy. Returning with a, a mourning heart, regret for the past, no understanding, no expectations, just returning, just coming back. But it's a beginning. It's not the end. For the Bible tells us that it's harvest time. Remember there was famine in Bethlehem. Now it's harvest time. There are good things to come. There is hope. Leave the bitterness behind and join the harvest. God is on his throne. He rules. He reigns. He is sovereign over all. Amen. Therefore consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now we could stop right there. That's a a wonderful Sunday morning message. But there's more to this wonderful Christmas story. For it's harvest time in Bethlehem and Ruth goes out to earn a living. Ruth goes out to earn what she can for, for herself and for her impoverished mother-in-law. It's harvest time. And then one of those, one of those really fascinating, interesting verses in the Bible in Ruth chapter 2, verse 3b. We're told that she happened She happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Now y'all know I love the literary styles in the Bible. And this is irony if there ever was irony. If If Ruth doesn't get to the right field, if Ruth doesn't wind up in the part of the field that belongs to Boaz, There's no Christmas. If she's not in the right field, no Boaz, no King David, no baby born in Bethlehem, no Christmas tree, no presents, no lights, no ornaments, no Christmas carols, no miracle on 34th Street, no Hallmark Channel. no grace, no joy, no Christmas. So who's going to make sure that Ruth gets into the right part of the field? Who will ensure that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose? For those who have received the gift of faith, those with eyes to see and ears to hear, we read, she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. And God's people, perhaps in their hearts, sing hallelujah. Hallelujah, our God reigns. The hand of the Lord has reached out. God was, is, and ever shall be working out his purpose for his glory and the salvation of his people. Ruth happened to find herself in the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Ruth, destitute in Bethlehem, a foreigner, an alien. We see now she seeks salvation under the law of the land. For the law of the land is is God's law. And as she has told her mother-in-law from the beginning, she's going to trust in God. She trusts in the word of the Lord. She trusts in God's word that in it is her salvation. What she finds in the field in the presence of the Lord, the field blessed of the Lord, Ruth finds grace, grace that far exceeds what she would achieve by her own works. For there she encounters a man, a man of grace, a man with abundance, A man who shows her unmerited favor, for he is a mighty man, a man, we are told, a worthy man, a man named Boaz. Now, Naomi tells Ruth that Boaz is a kinsman, a kinsman-redeemer, and this is a status a process, a, a program, if you will, that God had established in His Word, in His Law, among His people. That when when someone was was destitute, when the, when a when a man died, God had provided that that there would be someone, his family, a kinsman, who would redeem that man's family, who would redeem that man's property. <coughs> Excuse me if. If the property was lost through auction or taxes or whatever it means, the Redeemer could come in and restore the family to their property. God had intended that His people would always possess that which He had granted to them. The kinsman Redeemer is the source of salvation for the family. We're told in Exodus chapter 6 that God redeems Israel from slavery in Egypt. Understanding that this is what it means to be, to be a redeemer, is to save a people, to save someone from slavery, from indebtedness. And I thought of that, as I so often do, that, that wonderful hymn, Come Thou Fount. It says in one of the verses, Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he, to rescue me from danger, bought me with his precious blood. I can't explain why. I can't explain why God saves me. I can't explain why God saves you. It is God's grace. It is God's provision for God's glory that he has shown grace among his people. The following chapters in Ruth are now now full of anticipation as Ruth has found her in this field of harvest and this man Boaz has shown kindness and mercy and and gifts toward her, has shown grace to her. And now these chapters are full of anticipation building toward the climax. And as Naomi has prayed for her daughter-in-law There is fulfillment of God's provision for Naomi, for Ruth, for Boaz, for Israel, for all the world, for God's own pleasure. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Rejoice. Rejoice! We have a Redeemer. Destitute in sin, owing a debt we cannot pay, we have a Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who saves us from deadly peril, who purchased us from sin with his own blood. He has paid our debt for sin and adopted us into the family of God. And so the apostle would write, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Christmas joy, Christmas peace are ours both now and forever in our Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Ruth has met her Redeemer. When Elimelech had left Bethlehem, he had sold the family farm, probably bought a new SUV with it to get them to Moab. So Ruth, Naomi and Bethlehem now have nothing. Ruth, an alien, not of Israel, a widow, a woman with no standing in the community. Her need is tremendous. She needs a Redeemer. She needs a Savior. Now, according to God's Word, the requirements of a Redeemer are that, first of all, he must be a kinsman. The intent being that the land remains in the family no matter what. The Redeemer must be a kinsman, and Boaz was a kinsman. Secondly, the Redeemer must be able to pay the price to purchase the property. Boaz is a wealthy man. Third, the Redeemer must be willing to pay. Boaz was in love with Ruth. Boaz was willing to pay. So the harvest now coming to a conclusion, apparently it's been a good harvest. And at the close of the day as they finish thrashing out the wheat, if you want to read up on thrashing and all that, there's a book out on the table you're welcome to read up. So at the end of the day there's a celebration, Thanksgiving. Everybody knows that Thanksgiving comes before Christmas. And so it is that in the book of Ruth, a thanksgiving celebration and Boaz enjoys the evening. Nuff said, Ruth is preparing to get her man. She changes from her field hand clothes Into Midnight at the Oasis. A little Chanel number five. Do y'all even know what Chanel number five is? Amen. (laughs) Thank you. And the Bible tells us when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry. Boaz has romance on his mind, and it's not just the wine that makes Boaz merry, it's love. And Boaz has it all worked out in his mind, if only she is of the same mind, you know what I mean? And then, in the middle of the night, what's this? Something. Someone at his feet. Someone humbly submitting to Boaz. And goodness gracious, does she ever smell good. It's her. It's Ruth. Promises are made. Commitments avowed. Proprietaries. Proprieties preserved. Blessings bestowed. And Boaz doesn't rest until the matter is settled. All is done in accordance with the law. Done right before God and man. Boaz goes to the real estate closing, and sees to it that the property of Elimelech's family is now restored. Restored to Elimelech's clan, to Elimelech's family. Boaz fulfills the law of God. And as he redeems the family's property, he redeems the man's bride as well. It just so happened that this is the woman he's in love with. And as things would happen, God blesses them with a son. And again we read in Ruth, Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed is the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Ruth's son, Obed, is King David's grandfather. King David, who was the ancestor of the coming Son of God. Genealogy makes such good sense when viewed in the context of salvation history. For God determined before the foundation of the world that he would redeem his bride from poverty and slavery. And throughout the march of history God has been bringing about that which he had predetermined in eternity, the salvation of his people. And Jesus was to say, My Father is working until now and I am working. And so it was when the time was right, an angel came to a young woman and the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary And the apostle would write, and when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus is our redeemer. Jesus is our redeemer in accordance with God's word, in accordance with the law of God. For the Son of God is a kinsman of the family from which we were alienated, and there is no other. Jesus is our Redeemer, for He is able to pay the price of our redemption. Peter was to write, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Jesus is our Redeemer, and He is able to pay the price of our redemption in His own blood, and there is no other. And Jesus is willing to redeem. For He said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is our Redeemer, the Son of God, the Son of Man, able to pay in the blood of Christ and willing to redeem and there is none other. Ruth, beginning with hunger. Death, despair, bitterness, turns to mercy, provision, promise, redemption, life, and joy in Christmas, 1153 B.C. A story of love, a story of salvation, of newness of hope, of joy and peace, As God prepares the redemption of his bride. That our voices will join with the great multitude. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Amen. Come Lord Jesus.